3: Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs. Joined by the 3T Dream Team this morning, we got Mr. Johnny Crypto, Mario, the Node Defender, Gonzo, the Crypto Goliath, and Jackie, the Crypto Juggernaut, all joining us for this amazing episode, so I'm very excited. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how Ripple continues to be the leading firm in payment innovation as Ripple and Stellar will both be launching a stablecoin for ODL payments. Renowned investor Jim Cramer states crypto shouldn't be treated as a safe investment. Is this an example of more mad talk from the Mad Money host? SEC Chair Gary Gensler is caught causing conflict within the SEC as many officials say they left due to disagreements on government regulation. While Bitcoin bear market headlines are reaching an all-time high, we show our listeners why these articles are so important. With over $7.2 trillion in assets under management, Charles Schwab announces a partnership with Fidelity to open a crypto trading platform, stating that regulation is the clarity that institutions are waiting for. VeChain inks a historic announcement with the UFC, exposing VET to over 900 million households in over 175 countries. The shift towards carbon neutrality accelerates as we bring our listeners the blockchains billionaires are betting on. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So good morning and welcome back to our beautiful show. And of course, we brought the VeChain news for you guys. There is some amazing fundamental utility being built out in the market this morning. But before we dive into that, we got to go to Johnny Crypto. What's on your mind, Johnny K? Well, first of all, good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there today. Hopefully they're
4: doing well. I'm happy to be here with my brothers, but I'm super happy, super happy that we got Jackie
3: for my sister two days in a row. Two days. I'm loving it. Jackie's going to be going for a triple double this week people. She's going to be on 3 days in a row so we're super excited wait, for that. Wait, wait. But,
4: let's let's see if she makes all 3 days. But yes, hat trick is in the making.
3: Sure. You're one to talk, Johnny. You're one to talk. But Mario, how are you feeling on this on this beautiful Thursday and we're always excited to have you so welcome in. Appreciate it, abs. I'm feeling fantastic. And I think
1: it's safe to say that Jackie will become the fast growing influencer in the step in space, not in the note space. She can't beat me just yet in the note space, but she's definitely the fastest growing in the step in space.
3: That's awesome, Mario. And I want to give a shout out to the proud husband of Shelly. Shelly, shout out <laughs> to you. Good morning. And how are you feeling, Gonzo?
2: Good morning, everybody. How's it going, man? I feel good, dude. I, always anytime that I'm here with you guys uh, is always a blessed day. So truly humbled. Love you guys, and appreciate everyone that's tuning in. Um, you know, I spend some time in the chats when I'm not on the show, so we have our regulars like Susie and Deleep so we we appreciate you coming every day. I know I'm missing a bunch of people, but love you guys.
5: Of course. We
3: love all of you guys, and it's so fun doing this show live because we get to listen to you and them react. Johnny Crypto can't help himself. We bring up probably 30 of your comments a show, so please keep them coming. We love that. But Jackie, you're breaking up the quote-unquote sausage fest this morning, so we appreciate yes. that. How <laughs> are you feeling? And of course, yes. I'm kidding.
5: I love that. I loved yesterday's show was so much fun. I jumped on again and I was like, all right, let's let's get going again. No, it was She's great. Like, where I'm two for two. Yeah, I know. We gotta we gotta make that like a monthly thing. The Jackie Jenna or yes. Jenna Jackie, whatever. Something something totally.
3: if it's up to Johnny Crypto, I'm pretty sure that would be this show every <laughs> single day. But we'll start this thing off the same way we always do by showing you guys our good morning crypto Twitter account. At 3TGM Crypto on Twitter, you get access to our entire team. We go live Monday. We go live Thursday. We love talking to you guys, so please go smash that follow button and tweet at us. This morning, we are sitting at 11 on a Bitcoin fear and greed index, still sitting in extreme fear, a possible time for accumulation. But CoinMarketCap has actually allowed me back on their platform. Very exciting news this morning. We are sitting at $1.23 in global market cap. Bitcoin, 46% dominance. Ethereum is 17%. Bitcoin is continuing to hold that $30,000 mark. We are at $30,070 this morning. Ethereum, just below $1,800. Cardano, $0.64. XRP is $0.39. Dogecoin, I don't know why I'm reading that one. Avalanche, $24. Chainlink, $9.30. And we'll scroll down to Stellar here, which is just below $0.14. Johnny Crypto, what projects catch your eye this morning, and how are you feeling about the market overall? We always do a deep dive on our market sentiment, so we know your thoughts there. But what are some projects that fundamentally catch your eye?
4: You know, so it's kind of one of those things where I'm, I wouldn't say I'm looking at any newer ones. I'm kind of looking at just accumulating the ones that I believe in, you know, trying to kind of buy them while they're back on sale again. So, you know, you know the ones I'm looking at XDC, XLM, Quant. Algo, H bar, you know, I've got actually I've got quite a bit of XRP and XLM, so really not focusing much on them. The newest one that I've been adding to my bags, which I told you guys was AVAX. I did not have a lot of AVAX, so I'm starting to add some AVAX. <clears throat> and I'm also working on getting my freeway account up and running. So my next purchase will be freeway. I gotta actually buy the freeway token. I want to get a bunch of that because that thing's starting to move. <laughs> Everybody's talking about it. <laughs> my dumbass didn't get into it yet. So I'll be looking to get in the freeway
3: very soon. That's awesome, Johnny. And what catches my attention is obviously VeChain this morning. Gonzo, we haven't heard from you in a little while. What are you watching this morning? And it's funny. We saw the VeChain news and we're like, wow, we're getting some optimistic price action here. Well, let's zoom out a little bit to the yearly chart. And that's where we are today. So we're still clearly in a bear market and there's opportunities all over the place, even with VeChain and a little bit of this bullish momentum. What catches your eye, Gonzo?
2: Yeah, it's funny about the bear market that way, right? So, like in a bull market, if you get good news, it usually pumps the price and it pumps it hard, right? But when we're in a bear market, you could get good news and it barely kind of even flinches, right? But if you get bad news in a bear market, it could tumble. But actually, what I've been watching is Ethereum, right? Structurally, it's on a razor's edge, right? It's at that mm-hmm. 1700 to 1725 level. If Bitcoin decides to kind of move down and we lose 1725, I think Ethereum could tumble tumble all the way down to like 1500 right because we don't have a lot of trading ranges below that the other one that i was watching is bnb with the sec news, right um i think at 250 it has a lot of um structure and a good floor if we lose 250 on bnb then it's going to tumble and it's going to tumble hard because if you look at the chart it went straight parabolic there is no trading range and um it could come down to like 100 bucks but i pulled a measure From the all-time high down, ninety percent would put you at sixty bucks. So we'll see what happens with the SEC and BNB.
3: That's awesome, Gonzo. And somebody commented, "The universe is telling me to buy Doge." Well, it's going to have to keep (laughs) reminding me because I'm going to pass up on that opportunity here. But I'd love to hear from the Node Defender this morning, Mario. I'm showing a tweet right now that clearly indicates we are at some sort of a relative bottom, right? And Gonzo just mentioned that Ethereum, if we break below seventeen hundred, is going to go all the way down to fifteen hundred and maybe even twelve what catches your attention and do you think we'll see some of those low levels on the altcoins?
1: Well, we are already seeing extremely low levels for, for a lot of the altcoins most of the altcoins are, are down like 70, 80%, but I think they're the exact range is like between 60 and 70% on, on the majority of them. But prices are as good as, as, as a lot of people have been wishing they could be for a long time. I mean, I remember last year people were calling for lower prices so they could buy in because they were getting in uh, at, uh, at the tops. But, um, I don't know. I'm still not convinced. I know that the sentiment's kind of changing and there's a lot of there's a lot of theories out there, just like the one you're showing about how this could be the bottom. I just don't feel like this could be the bottom just yet. I feel like there's a lot of catalysts that could still play out throughout the year as far as, uh, you know, world economy is concerned that I feel could still push the the, the prices a little bit lower. Now, can we can we expect a little bit of a a relief to the upside for the meantime? I for me personally, I'm expecting it. But uh, as far as a low um this might not be the 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 low that everybody thinks that that it that is in just just my opinion
3: yeah and yeah. something that we typically watch right here is when we get these low indicators we hang out there for a little while it's not like we're calling for a massive rebound very quickly we're just saying these could be the prices that we're going to be sitting at for a while and if we're sitting at a $30,000 bitcoin why not start your do- dollar cost averaging right now johnny crypto i'd love to hear from you
4: i agree with mario i don't i don't think we hit the bottom either i think we got a little Sideways action. I've been saying this. I think we're going to get a run from July, sometime in July to maybe August, September. I think we'll see a nice little relief rally. I don't know how high we're going to go, and then I think we get the major dump in October. All the bad news comes in. I think the housing market will start to feel the pain of of interest rates rising. You're going to start. The housing market always lags the interest rate uh, increases. You're going to feel that pain, coupled with the fact that. Housing market typically goes down in general in our, you know, as we get into the winter seasons. I think all that news is going to come in. Gas prices will be $10. It's going to be crazy. I think you're going to see a, a, a big crash. So if we get a nice relief pump in, in July, August, September, I'll probably be looking to dump some, put it on the sides for the rainy day because I think uh, then October, November, December is pretty ugly. Maybe we actually get that real test of 20000 on that trend line. And then, then... You just go sideways until regulation comes, until the settlement lawsuit comes, till the um, uh, and then the the bull run, you know, the having of Bitcoin. So a lot of good catalysts are coming, but I think they're all coming in 2020. They already said the bill is not going to be passed until 2023. All these good catalysts are gearing up to come in 23ish, 24ish. So to me, that's when that's the super exciting times. I still think there's some more pain to come
3: before we go up. But again, that's just my opinion. Johnny, I think you could be correct, but if I did want to bring us some positive news, we do have the bear market articles right now reaching an all-time high, and that's always an indicator of a local bottom. Every single time, and we're showing this right now, every time we've reached an all-time high on the FUD articles, the bearish news articles, we get some bullish momentum from Bitcoin. So, Jackie, what are some of your thoughts on the on the market this morning?
5: Yeah, I'm kind of feeling that way here in the short term as well. I feel like we are kind of picking up a little bit momentum to the upside. Um so, yeah, I, everything that we've been talking about on here, I think we've been calling out for that 36, uh, 37K range. You know, if momentum does pick up, I'm just looking to get past that 32K level first, you know, one step at a time. Um, but, yeah, I'm prepared both ways. Um, I really don't care at this point. Just just show me some action one way or the other so I know what to do, you know what I mean?
3: <laughs> exactly, and we had a we have a comment here from Collecti Labs. Historically, one year before the having was the Bitcoin bottom, and that would be early 2023. Gonzo, I do have a tweet I want to show you about Cardano, but while I pull that up, why don't you give us some comments?
2: Yeah, you know, I get it just depends, right? So it depends. There's just something going around saying the false top theory. So it depends if the all-time high was earlier in 2021, and that second all-time high, right, was a dead cap, what we call a dead cap bounce, and because of institutional money flooding in, or was that the actual all-time high? And what sucks is that, what the market does now, it, it's the same move, right? If this is the bottom and we start to move up gradually, it's the same move. Even if the bottom's actually coming in November because we're getting relief and we won't know till later on because then it comes crashing down. Right? So the, mm-hmm. it's the same exact move if the all-time high and it's a year away, right? Like we're in that time frame right now. Right? So it just depends on what you believe. There's so many different like cycle theories and then there's the all-time high thing where you know bitcoin has never dropped below the previous all-time high that's like at nineteen thousand. you have the 200 weekly moving average that's at 22 and that's kind of where i'm leaning at is the the 200 uh weekly average has been the bottom of the btc right bear market and that's at 22 so i don't think we've hit that yet so that's kind of what i'm
4: leaning towards exactly yeah
0: and I think a lot of
4: us want to see that. Does that 20 to 22 get tested, right? Everybody's talking about, well, Bitcoin's big Bitcoin boys talking 10,000, which I don't think is realistic. But 20 to 22, yeah, that's going to, if we get that and we see that bottom, oh, I think there's going to be a ton of excitement, Gonzo. Ton of
3: excitement. And Johnny, another reason that I don't think we're going to go to those 20,000 or below levels is because that's exactly what retail's betting on. We got everybody on Twitter saying, I'm waiting for 17,000 to stack my bags. Well, I agree with Gonzo. We're going to get tons of fear and way enough we're going to be way oversold if Bitcoin reaches that $22,000 mark. I can only imagine we'd see a $1,500 Ethereum, a $0.40 cent ADA, a $0.25 cent XRP. The whole market's going to be drained. There's not going to be that much liquidity left to exit the market and see those lower levels. But I do have a very interesting tweet I want to show you. We got 174 live listeners out there. Show us some love and smash that like button. My mic continues to fall down this morning, so I got to get some super glue over here. But on a separate note... We're going to continue bringing you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics. And right here, we have a news from Chinese government. As it says, it makes sense that the disinformation coming out of the United States, well, they're the top spreader of FUD in the world. This clip is almost inaudible, so I'm not going to play it here. But I do want to hear from our group, Gonzo. How do you feel about the Chinese government telling their citizens that the United States is the one spreading FUD? I think it's hilarious, right? First of all, I'm not going to argue with the fact that we do get
2: fake news here in our country, right? But the fact that the communist country of China is telling the people that we do fake news is absolutely hilarious, right? Because they control absolutely everything, right? The, it's not like uh, us where we have all these different like channels, right? It's very select channels that they give to the people that are very controlled by the government, right? It's a communist country. So it, it's hella funny, right? It's that whole saying about throwing stones and living in glass
3: houses. It's really interesting. And I'm honestly confused right now because I'm not sure who I trust more, the Chinese government or the American government. And that says a lot about where we are today. I'm probably going to get a ton of heat for that comment, but that really is true. We listen to our politicians and we listen to our elected officials and they continue to give us misdirection and fake news. So it doesn't surprise me that China's coming out and calling us out for it. Johnny, any comments?
4: First of all, this is the proverbial pop calling the kettle black. Number one, if you want the real truth, Abs, it's very simple. It's just the opposite of what both of these lying country governments tell you. So that's the real truth. Just do the opposite of what they say. That's usually where the majority of the truth is.
2: You know what the problem is abs is that the news used to be news, actual facts, right. That had to be verified. And, you know, we shifted to that and it became entertainment, right. And then it became about ratings, And so instead of reporting actual facts, and, and verifying those facts, it was whoever could get more ratings, whoever could get more views. And so everything gets sensationalized, right? Everything is clickbait, and, and that that's an unfortunate thing because that's not really news.
3: You're spot on. I'd love to hear some comments from other members of the group before we continue. We're going to show you another video of the American government giving us some misdirection. But Mario, do you have any comments on this article here?
1: No, not so much. I mean, I agree with what Konzo and, and Johnny have already touched upon as far as the controlled the controlled uh, media that they have over in China. So, I mean, it is true. We do have a lot of fake news that, that happened in this country. And, I mean, not to say that the China has should be coming out and, and
3: kind of pointing the finger, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, not too much to add. So, Mario, you have no comments to add that the Chinese government is saying that the United States is the one spreading flood. I just want to be clear there. Are you sure you have no comments? Nope. I mean, you just said it right now. <laughs> So it's clear, Mario is a Chinese agent. I guess we just discovered that. he cannot say anything negative against the Chinese government, so that's got to be the case. But we'll keep the ball rolling here, and it's all love, Mario, of course. But we're going to continue talking about the most relevant topics, and that's what we have for you here. Citadel, Charles Schwab, and Fidelity all join forces to build a cryptocurrency trading platform. This is going to be huge. The crypto product is still in its early stages of development, adding that it could be available late this year or early 2023. And what do we always say on this channel? 2023 will be the year of institutional adoption. It says, we know there is significant interest in the cryptocurrency space, and we will look to invest in firms and technologies working to offer access with a strong regulatory focus and a secure environment. They also said that when there is further regulation, there is going to be further clarity within this market, and we're going to see more institutions flooding in. So I think this is another example of the floodgates not opening, but maybe they're starting to crack here and we're getting a little bit of inside information about how they're stacking their bags behind the scenes. They're getting ready to push us off the cliff and collect us in this net. And that net is these digital assets. Johnny Crypto, let's start with you.
4: Uh, I, you know, I think first of all that there is going to be adoption of these by all of our 401k systems. And so <laughs> we love Mario. Well, you guys all know Abs is playing with Mario. Of then course, Mario, Mario is not a Chinese agent. <laughs> <laughs> I, Close am. Yeah, well, I am. Yeah, I am.
5: It's true. Mario is the number out. one brother. No, <laughs>
4: Mario, to help you out over here, buddy. Um, but this is this is big because they're putting in the pieces. The pieces are being put in place to be able to let your four hundred one ks invest into you know, a BTF, either a BTC ETF or a Bitcoin directly. So this is really, really interesting, right? Because think about how many people have 401ks, right? (laughs) Now, all of those 401ks are going to go in there and start piling money into it. This is just a a flood of money that's going to fly in and drive up the price of Bitcoin somewhere into that, you know, into probably the six figure digits. So for me, again... Not surprised by this news. I knew we all knew this was coming, but it's great that we are actually watching the highway get built. We're watching Rome being built literally block by block, cinder by cinder, and you're literally seeing it. We're going to be talking about news like this for the next two years. It's going to be fantastic.
3: And it's no surprise to me that we got regulation going on within the U.S. government at the exact same time that Fidelity, BlackRock, Citadel, and all these major institutions are flooding in. It doesn't surprise me at all. And what I think is next here, it's not going to be the institution of stable coins. I actually think we're going to see a lot of these major companies buy some of the larger DeFi projects. They're going to move away from Bitcoin, away from Ethereum, and start some of these other DeFi funds focused on ADA, Solana, Polkadot, Avalanche, many other cryptocurrencies that we always talk about. Algorand is another one. But Gonzo, what catches your attention here? And how do you feel about Fidelity allowing investors to allocate 20% of their 401ks into Bitcoin?
2: Um, I think it's awesome. But you know what, I'm actually going to take it to a different kind of a different spin, right? Because everything that Johnny said is 100% correct. But I'm going to take it on this spin, right? Coach talks about this all this time about how the government creates infighting between us, right? Left, right, up, Mm -hmm. down, mass, no mass vaccine, no vaccine, right? But look at these guys, these are different financial institutions that you would think would be competitors, but that they're coming together to build a platform, right? Because coach says this all the time, they work a lot better together than we do, right? So I think there's a lesson there, right? During World War II, you had competitors, right? You had titans of industries that were at each other's throats but came together, right? You had Ford that shared secrets with Chrysler, right? So Chrysler could build tanks. Ford could build planes, right? You had Kaiser that was building ships, right? Who visited with Ford in plants and they showed them how to how they did uh, assembly lines, right? So you had DuPont who's working with all these guys to build weapons. And then you had J.P. Morgan, who was funding the whole thing. So these guys, all competitors, but they came together during World War II because they needed to, right? So I'm not saying it's kind of the same thing because we're not at war. But what I'm saying is you have these major financial institutions that are usually competitors that are coming together. So I think there's a lesson to be learned here.
3: Yes, and there's a huge indicator in this article. I actually just picked up on this right now. It says, this product's not going to be available until 2023. And what did Johnny Crypto mention at the beginning of this episode? That U.S. regulation is not going to be approved until when? 2023. So we just kept getting, we are spot on with this institutional adoption stuff. Any of our listeners out there, please follow what we're doing and listen to the institutional adoption news because when these institutions flood into the market, that's how we become a 10 $12, 15000000000000 trillion market within cryptocurrency. Jackie, I would love to hear some of your thoughts about what we have here. We're watching the institutions start to flood in, but none of it's going to be available until next year. What are you going to be doing until then?
5: I'm going to be packing my bags like everyone else. (laughs) Um, I, yeah, I find it interesting too. I do like the take that Gonzo um, took on that. Uh, And it's true. You know, you do, you don't really see big institutions you know, kind of combine forces to do one thing, you kind of see, I mean, we know behind the scenes, they're all combining forces to to do one thing or the other. But it's kind of interesting that they came out with this article like that. Um, But yeah, it is good. I mean, for the public eye that isn't following what institutions are doing or this or that. You know, it provides comfort that they see those big names um, getting into the cryptocurrency space and they're all, you know, they look like our friends, right? We're, we're, we see an interest in cryptocurrency. So we're bringing this about for our people, you know, well now, you know, they're packing their, stacking their bags while, <clears throat> while the FUD news is coming out. So, you know, kind of a, kind of a typical story from, from big institutions. Um, But yeah, to, to 2023, that's definitely what. Um, you know, they'll stay down the line. Awesome. Eventually we'll bring this about.
4: This is just the big boys following mob 101 rule. The five families getting together, putting together the system that, that we all get to run off of. That's all. That's just what it
3: is at the end of the day. It's right here in front of you. Hey, I know people come for the crypto talk, but we also give mafia lessons on this show. And if you enjoy those lessons, show us some love. 194 live listeners out there, smash that like button. And somebody asked us, what's with the title? Is that FUD? Absolutely not. We're going to cover that article right now. So our next article is, Jim Kramer claims crypto shouldn't be treated as a safe investment. It's not Coca-Cola and it's not Apple. It's not producing anything. So I'm not sure where the value actually stems from, Kramer said. Kramer claims that crypto should only be a small part of one's portfolio. And he personally doesn't allocate more than 5% of cryptocurrencies into his overall portfolio. He says Bitcoin and Ethereum are the most legitimate cryptocurrencies in the market today. And in January, he suggested that the Bitcoin parity could be an unregistered security. So this guy right there just exposed himself, doesn't totally understand the market. Kramer is convinced that cryptocurrencies could reach widespread adoption in the future and continues to hold Ethereum based on his interest in non-fungible tokens. Again, understanding that he does not understand the market gone. So I feel like you're the perfect guest to attack this here. He's holding Ethereum because he's bullish on NFTs, but I'm holding XRP, ADA and AVAX and Solana because I'm also bullish on their NFT platform. So why don't you educate our listeners on what Jim Cramer is doing here? And is this FUD or is crypto a safe investment?
2: Well, you know what? I I think he's part of the old guard, right? He's all about his stocks or whatever. But what I find hilarious is that he didn't say that he wasn't invested in cryptocurrencies. He said that he has 5% that's allocated, right? So he is into cryptocurrencies, right? And what you find with a lot of these guys that are into stocks or guys like him is they start off with like 1%, they go to 5%, they go to 10%. Raul Paul talks about this all the time, right? Uh, Raul Paul came from that world. He is all in on it and he's all in on crypto and certain layer ones, right? So we're not saying that it's not speculative, right? We understand that it is speculative, but that's why we're here. We're here for that alpha, right? So you have to do your own research right? you got to know when to invest. you got a dollar cost average. There's strategies that you can follow. But yeah, so we're looking at the technology and we're putting in our bets and to see which one's going to survive in the future. But he obviously doesn't understand cryptocurrency or blockchain, I would say.
4: Oh, he understands it. Jim Cramer is the biggest lion snake rat weasel crook that's out there. Okay. If you guys go back and watch a 19, I think it was a 1996 video Of him explaining what he did when he worked for a hedge fund this guy the stuff he was talking about was criminal i don't have time to explain it all to you there but he's such a snake rat weasel he would go out there and buy something a company and then he wanted to take the company down and kill it so he can make money because he would short it so then he'd call up his newspaper friends and make up a fake story he'd ask them to post that they would go and write the story drive the stock down, then he would sell it or dump it. Or he'd go and he would buy, you know, if he wanted to go up, he'd go and buy fake options somewhere. He'd buy a few of them here, a few of them there to make it look like he wanted to go in this direction, get everybody excited. They'd all go in there and then he'd dump on it. He's a rat snake weasel of the highest level. Anything he said is to be, not to be taken other than with a grain of salt. Don't believe this crook criminal. He doesn't, he's there to tell you exactly what he, what you know, he's WWE, right? So, you know, WWE, I talk about all the time. You got the good guy and you got the bad guy, the face and the heel. He's the heel, okay? Don't trust him. Don't believe him. He's playing a part. He's doing what he's supposed to told He's told to do. But don't, yeah, you don't want to believe this guy. Um, and he's supposed to create the FUD. That's what his role is in this particular case. But we all know here at the Academy, we gone through Jedi Master Trading. We had Coach Yoda train us. So, we are now set. We know, what, we know how to look through all this fake bullshit. We know what's real. We know what's fake. And we're ready to go. None of us here are panicking. We're in the biggest bear market we've seen. And not a single person here
3: is panicked. We're a cool, calm, collective, like ice. Like ice, Johnny Crypto. And you brought up something really important. I want to go to Jackie here. Because we listen to Jim Cramer and we listen to a lot of these guys. And it's whether they're on our side or not, I think it's important to understand what their overall sentiment is. And Gonzo said it first. He's not criticizing cryptocurrencies. He's calling the price action speculative. And when you zoom out and you look at what cryptocurrencies has done over the last decade, it's been one of, if not the most profitable asset to be holding. So I'm really interested to hear why they're critical of Bitcoin and some of these other currencies long-term when they've only proven to be profitable. The other thing I would like to add is that he talks about Bitcoin and Ethereum. And I think there's a reason for that. I think that most of the bullish price action we're going to experience over these next three or four years is not going to be in Bitcoin. It's not going to be in Ethereum. It's going to be in some of these larger DeFi projects that we continue to reiterate here. Cardano, AVA, Algorand, uh, IOTA. There's so many projects that have optimistic. WadsPay, HBAR, Quant. I can go on and on. You guys want to hear my whole portfolio? I can tell you. VeChain. But at the end of the day, what we're seeing here is they want people to not only be buying not sorry they don't want people to be buying crypto assets but if they are going to get in this market they want them to be purchasing the least profitable assets and i think over the next few years that's going to be bitcoin and ethereum but jackie what are some of your thoughts
5: yeah i agree with you abs um i i noticed that a lot when we went to that conference uh and gosh what was his name who spoke the main guy. Jordan Belford. Yes. yes. Jordan Belford, And, and that was the same narrative, you know, buy Bitcoin, buy Ethereum, because those are the most trusted assets, right? Those are the ones that are going to stick around for the long term. which, you know, I agree with 100%. I agree with that, especially in the bear market. You know, those are good things to accumulate when they come back down and, you know, you have a chance to get in. Those are ones that are, you know, more on the regulated end. So, They're they're definitely good um, hedges within your portfolio, within your crypto portfolio alone. Right. Um, But you're right about all of these other, you know, smaller altcoins, smaller projects, um, DeFi, things that you listed off. Yeah, they're not talking about those. I mean, they're not. They're not regulated. They're not controlled in, in their eyes yet. So they're not going to be talking about those. So, yeah, I agree with what you said for sure.
3: Awesome. Thank you, Jackie. And I want to go to Mario here just to get some closing thoughts. We're moving into an environment where cryptocurrencies are going to have more and more utility, yet there's more FUD and and fake news and bearish news articles out there than ever. We covered it in the beginning of the show. Bearish news articles are at an all-time high, and it seems like we're approaching the bottom of a bear market. I don't think that's a coincidence. What do you think our listeners should be aware of as this market continues to evolve, Mario?
1: Well, the... Definitely, listeners should be aware of all the things that we keep bringing up in the in in the show here. And like we were just talking about the fidelity, the fidelity news. Like these are all things that institutions and and players behind the scenes partnership with V You know, all these things that we keep bringing on the show. These are these are these are drivers of adoption. These are things that are being developed in the background to bring utility to all these different cryptocurrencies. At the end of the day, all these cryptocurrencies are software. They need to have some kind of implementation. There is no point to have XRP if it's not being used. There is no point to have VeChain or for it to exist if it's not being used. And we keep seeing that they are being implemented. They are being utilized. The XRP massively in Asia, VeChain also massively in Asia, and now starting to create these, these partnerships. So all these things are signs. Of course, there's going to be some of them that are not going to be around for, for forever. Of course, there's some of them that are not going to be winners. But like Johnny Crypto always says, you, know, you want to place your bets in different horses, and then you're going to have – all you need is one horse to win. And one horse to win is going to take you to, to, to the promised land, right? It's going to make give you that financial freedom that we're all seeking. So, yeah, that's what I would just tell people. It's just keep your eyes open to what's really going on behind the scenes. Don't listen to Jim Cramer. Last year, he was super bullish on Bitcoin when, when Bitcoin was at all-time highs and Ethereum was at all-time highs, and now he's bearish. He's saying it. It's not a safe investment. Hey, nothing is a safe investment.
4: Johnny, do you have any comments there? Uh, no, I'm just – yeah, once we get – To the promised land, I just want to hang out on Jackie's private island. (laughs) I don't think you're invited.
5: Thank you.
3: (laughs) Wow, that's cold. I'm only kidding, guys. We got 205 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Mario brought up something I totally agree with. You only need a couple of gems to succeed massively in this market. And I think it's our job, role, and responsibility to help you guys identify those gems. And that's what we're exactly what we're going to do in this next article as we have VeChain becoming the first official Layer 1 blockchain partner of the UFC. This is going to be humongous for the subconscious programming of the masses. VeChain will now have a meaningful brand visibility in an estimated 900 million TV households in over 175 countries that receive the UFC's content. It's a historical moment for VChain. The layer one public blockchain with the most enterprise adoption joins forces with the fastest growing sport to raise awareness of blockchain. This is just the beginning of a multi-year relationship with the, with the UFC and VeChain, and we really look forward to changing the world together. And they also talk about becoming carbon neutral and helping VeChain do so. VeChain is already established in many countries, such as Japan, China, Singapore, France, Italy, Ireland, and the United States. So it does not surprise me at all. They've got public partnerships with Walmart, BMW, the list goes on and on, P and PWC, I can't believe that this is just happening now. But what really gets me excited about this news is that VChain is now going to be exposed to people on a weekly basis. It's kind of like crypto.com. When crypto.com announced their partnership in the purchase of Staple Center, we watched the price go from about $0. 17 cents to just under a dollar in just a couple of months. And now we're going to get that same subconscious exposure for VChain here. I think we should start off with Gonzo. Gonzo. What catches your attention about this VeChain article and how do you feel this may affect people going forward? Are people going to be more willing to purchase VeChain because of this partnership?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
3: A hundred percent. You know, I think history has shown that
2: when they move us into the technologies or new technologies, there's three major things they use. They use music, they use sports and they use entertainment, whether it's social media, whether it's film, right? That's all adapting, but they use those vehicles to move us into new technologies history showing this so the name recognition that's going to happen and then behind the scenes v how they build their ecosystem you got the nfts you got Dexs, you got all these things that are coming to v chain and i think it's great timing because we're in the middle of the bear market so if you're going to accumulate v chain now is the time to start dollar cost averaging in right and especially like as we're talking we all believe that like in november right that we're going to get a major collapse and that Bitcoin's going to come down those will be the times to start you know, collecting or dollar cost averaging into these projects and other projects for uh, the next bull run in 2025.
3: Johnny, we both hold VChain, but when I look at the price chart, we're on a 90% pullback from the all-time high. Great possible time to start your accumulating and even better time because of partnerships like this. What catches your attention here and how do you feel about VeChain overall? They got partnerships with Walmart. They got partnerships with BMW. Now they have the programming of the masses through the UFC partnership. How are you feeling about this project?
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, VeChain always, I look at the use case and utility real world solves. That's all that matters. And there's just something there that's real. And when you got companies like Walmart and BMW (laughs) signing up for these guys, right? Their their solution helps solve a major supply chain problem, being able to track your goods from cradle to grave, right? It's so important in the industry. I'm in the consumer goods industry, and that's always a challenge. So not surprised there at all. I'm actually, you know what? The biggest thing I've been surprised about is its price. It really has not been able, I'm really shocked. I mean, it's like back to the price. I bought it like two years ago, three cents. It's like, holy shit. I literally went and watched it all the way up and all the way down because I didn't have an exit plan at the time. Guys, make sure you have an exit plan. Go sign up at Get Grim Merlin Crypto. Go to our Twitter page, sign up for the free 30-day chart, and get an exit plan, and don't let what happened to me happen to you. But I believe in the long run, apps, VeChain, has a great technology behind it. It will be subliminally programmed, just like it's happening right now. This is step one. As Gonzo rightfully pointed out, this sporting event. And you'll probably start to see it all over the place as well. It'll be behind the scenes. It doesn't have a catchy. Nobody's really going to know what VeChain is. But people will probably start buying it. As people are saying in the comments now, this could be the trigger. Um, so, yeah, you're going to see it. It's, just gonna, it's great for VeChain, great exposure. Of course, the price didn't do anything today. didn't move the needle today which is a great opportunity to load your bags with it because I think in the long run, it will move.
3: Jackie, I'm not sure what your sentiment is about VeChain overall, but what gets me excited about projects like this is that not only is it a very low market cap, but it's only a $0.03 cent token. So regular retail investors could take $100 and go out and purchase several thousand tokens, which if they have a long-term mindset, could lead to some great you know price appreciation over these next coming years. And I think partnerships like this are only going to lead to more projects like VChain. Crypto.com, Cardano, Algorand, the ones who have the programming of the masses are probably going to succeed the most over these next coming years of adoption. How do you feel about VeChain or is there any other projects that catch your eye from an adoption standpoint?
5: I do like VChain from a fundamental standpoint. Um, and I do think that this is this is great for them as far as marketing goes. You know, we haven't been honestly from V Chain, like Johnny said, within the past couple of years, we really haven't seen any big partnership announcements or anything like that. So it's good to see that um, from a token, you know, from from VChain blockchain like this. But I, you know, there's a there's a deeper connection here, I think, between China V Chain um, and the UFC here. So I, I think you know they all China's all wrapped up in that. I'm pretty sure they're wrapped up in the UFC as well. So um, it's you know it's kind of something that it it connects. It goes together. So that's you know it's good to see though.
1: I do want to add as well that I think that crypto crypto is being put at the forefront. of I just realized I was talking and nobody could hear me.
3: Yeah, no, that's okay. We got just, you now.
1: Um, yeah, I was I was gonna add that crypto is being put at the forefront of, of retail investors through sports like Gonzo was saying, it, it's I think it's bigger than what people realize because me, for example, I watch Formula One and on in as you're watching Formula One, I mean crypto.com is, is one of the main partners for Formula One. So you're seeing crypto.com all over the track and all over the the sponsorships, and every time they put a statistic or or a timing or a fast lap. You know, you name it. But we got we got the crypto projects like and I got a list pulled up here because there's so many. I didn't realize there was so many. We got Tezos. We got Phantom. We got um, we got Velas, which is another blockchain technology. And then we have exchanges like FTX. Uh, we have Binance in there now as well. Bybit. And the same thing happens for The same thing happens for basketball. And then we have FIFA coming up at the end of uh, the FIFA World Cup coming at the end of the year, where Crypto.com, again, is one of the main sponsors. I think that this this is not all all happening by by chance. And these are all signs. And of course, some of these cryptos may not be around, but there's it's just the signs are there and people need to people need to be invested in it because I don't agree with Jim Cramer that that they're it's risky. Yes. But you would be a fool to not take advantage of this opportunity
4: and i just want to um mr wright is always keen this guy's sharp on stuff i just want to address this question because i think this is a great question right he says here supply chain is solved by sap oracle and edi where does v chain fit in so the way you have to look at technologies are uh for example we have systems today where venmo and paypal right and ways to send money to do things And so on the front of it, from the front, it looks like if I send money to Gonzo, Gonzo has the money instantly. But the reality is behind the scenes on the back end, that money's not there for three days later. There's something called a settlement process that has to take place, right? That's inefficient inefficiencies. So those systems that he called out here do the same thing or similar things to VeChain, but very inefficiently, right? And so companies, I can tell you I work for one, right? We're always looking for finding ways to do, you know, things cheaper, better, faster. Okay, cheaper, better, faster. That's what V enables. So you got these old archaic systems that are trying to do something, and now you've got a new system that does it the same thing, but it does it better, faster, cheaper. And that's what V does. And that's where it fits in, Mr. Wright. So I hope that helps answer your question as to why V will probably be the, the hero, and just the way XRP right, is going to replace the SWIFT system. SWIFT does today what XRP does, but XRP just does it better. That's exactly how VeChain is to uh, Oracle. So I hope that helps answer your question.
3: Yep, Jackie, the floor is yours.
5: I was just going to say, I wanted to build off of Mario's comments. That's one thing that we do look for, you know, while we do enter a bear market or, you know, while we're on a downtrend, we look for projects that are coming out with partnerships that are coming out with announcements. So that's one thing if you... You know, people that are watching this show who are kind of interested in getting into altcoins and, and other projects aside from, you know, the, the top few that we always talk about or the top few that are always in the news. That's one thing to just watch for over the next, I don't know, six months, year. Um, look for things like this, big partnership announcements, um, continued development, growing. That's where you will see projects um, come out the gate early on in the next run. So I just wanted to add to that. Thanks.
3: Thank you, Jackie. And as I I pulled up a graphic here, just to show people a little bit of the partnerships, I know it's a little bit difficult to see, but we can see Amazon web services. We got Walmart. We've got a ton of renowned us colleges here. Walmart is over here on this side. And as I'm sure if I look around here and I really deep dive, there'd be some other really big partnerships. I know BMW is partnered with them. I know they have a couple of shipping companies that do billions of dollars a year in not in revenue in profit that are partnered with them. So I really think the floodgates are yet to open. Gonzo, could you just bring us home on this conversation? How do you feel about VChain overall? I know we've all said that we're bullish and we're optimistic, but when we see partnerships with Amazon and Walmart, yet zero price action, what does that say to you? Because, you know, we know that the market's kind of run by emotion
2: right now. And it's also people get bored, right? Because I, I feel like VChain is the blockchain of enterprise or businesses, and that's not sexy. Right. It's kind of boring. And so because you see all those companies there, we understand because the way that we talk and our mindset and and, you know, just the conversations that we've had. Right. And so we understand what that means when you have a partnership with Amazon and some of those other big companies. But I think for the most retail investor, it's not sexy. It's kind of boring. But eventually, like Jackie said, these will be the partnerships that give it a utility Uh, in a real world solve. And that will come up in the next bull run or even in the future when we're talking five to 10 years.
5: That's exactly. Oh, sorry. Really quick. That's exactly. It takes me right back to what, um, when we had the bearable bull on the show, he said right now is not a it's not a technology market, it's a hype market, right? We saw that, we saw that with the meme coin run, we saw that with the NFT space early on, you know, it's whatever whatever looks fun and degen, you know, and that's what people jump into. So a huge news announcement like this and not moving the needle and not moving the percentage up that, mu- not that much, it's like, what the heck's going on, right? But that's where we're at. It's not a technology market right now. No. So, but until we hit that point, it, and that point is gonna come, the line it's totally coming
4: and jackie yeah, you need to look at it we, we actually showed a chart that actually shows how that works so you get this hype then you get like this lull period while the technology is actually being implemented which is actually we're in that kind of zone now and we could be there for a year or two while it's just boring Nothing's happening. Nobody cares. Everybody's just sitting around. They're not happy. And then the real technology implementation kicks in, which we know will be twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five. And then boom, it's too late. And you're like, holy shit, I missed the, I missed the moon. I missed the rocket. So you're absolutely right. That's exactly how it worked. We got to bring that chart up again, Abs. That's a good chart. Yes,
3: that's a yeah, technology you know, adoption keep- curve chart. Gonzo, floor is yours.
2: I was just going to say, you know, we just – we we say this over and over and over again, right? You have to look at it at the long-term time horizon, right? Like right, like the chart that – if you guys pull it up, right now we're in that hype phase. We need the utility. We need the technology to grow and to be built on. So you always have to have that long-term time horizon. I have a friend that's not into crypto. Kind of, He kind of asked me a little bit, but he's he started investing in Cardano, right? And so his basically investment thesis is he's buying Cardano right now, and he's not even going to look at it for another 10 years, Right. Because he's younger than me. And I'm like, hey, that's great. In 10 years, imagine where Cardano could be. So he's he's packing his bags. He's not really into crypto. But you know, he read some article about Cardano. He asked me some questions. And he's buying it. And he's just going to leave it in his wallet. And he says, in 10 years, I'll look at it after I finish packing my bag. And I'm like, hey, that is a good strategy.
3: You're spot on, Gonzo. And what I love about this bull market here is that nobody's questioning the long-term utility or adoption of these assets. We're only concerned about the short-term price action and how much money we're going to make in 2022. And that gives me a lot of clarity because what I can do in a market environment like that is pick (coughs) the projects that are having the most development and the most innovation being built out. And this is exactly what Johnny Crypto always talks about. The chart we're showing here is the technology adoption curve. So typically what will happen is we get way too much bullish price action before the technology is actually utilized. All of that new liquidity floods out of the market, and then as the real-world implementation of these currencies starts being used, we get gradual price appreciation, and that's where people like us create generational wealth. But we got 220 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We are about to dive into our XRP content for today. Not only are we going to expose Gary Gensler, but we're going to show you some very cool fundamental things that Ripple is building on their network to change the game. So if you're looking for a more fundamental understanding of the crypto market, the best place to do so is with our team at the 3T Warrior Academy. You get access to all of us, including what Coach Coach JV, who Johnny Crypto called, I think, a wizard early in the episode. He does weekly portfolio updates. We hold seven weekly calls, deep diving on this market. And of course, we study mindset. So with that being said, we're going to hop into our next tweet for today, which is SEC lawyers are quitting because Gensler wants to litigate cases and not settle. Some of the exits that happened from the SEC stemmed from conflict with SEC chair Gary Gensler's approach to enforcement. So two previous employees at the SEC and one administrator came out and criticized Gary Gensler for not wanting to settle on cases and instead regulating by enforcement. He wants to punish people in these cases. But before I read this quote, I want to get some thoughts from Johnny Crypto there. Just expose the game a little bit on what Gary Gensler is doing overall before we get into this article. He's picking winners and losers. He's not choosing to settle so that he can put harsh penalties on some of these projects. What does that say to you?
4: <clears throat> well, first of all, let's always start off with, you know, Gary Gensler and, and who his alter ear is here, Mr. Burns. Right. And so, yeah, Gary, Gary actually has obviously a, a different approach or mentality to what the prior heads of the SECs had in the past, right? We know that for them, it was more about wanting to kind of share, uh, or I'm not sure. sorry, work on settlements, right? Being able to kind of figure out, you know, maybe not punish these companies to the degree where you drag them through court and wave this thing on forever like he's doing right now, right? Right now, he's brutally killing. I mean, he's like obviously dragging this thing out as long as he can, for the SEC lawsuit, and he's telling all his folks, apparently, hey, we're going to do more litigation. We're not going to work on settlement. Now, these guys all came from a prior management leadership where it's like, hey, we're going to get these guys. We're going to bring them in real quick. We're going to do a little bit of work. Then we're going to sue them. I mean, we're going to do a little work, sue them. Then we're going to settle with them. We're going to get some money, and we're going to finish. And obviously, now he's saying, no, 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 we are, we're we're going to do things different here. And everybody's quitting. They're like, no, 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 we don't want to do that. It's all first of all, it's a lot more work. And second of all, you know, you're probably going to lose some of those cases, which then going to hurt the SEC's ability. But for some reason, this is Gary's mentality. That's what he wants to do. And that's really, really not good for anybody at the end of the day. His best bet would be to work with these companies. They want, I mean, Ripple came to him five times, five freaking times and said, hey, we want to work with you guys. And what do they get? They get slapped with a lawsuit. That is a bad, bad policy. And you're going to see, unfortunately, a lot more of it. Until Gary goes. So hopefully in 2024, we'll get a new SEC. I don't know if these guys are, or they have a certain time period or it's just by president's choice. I, I think they can get booted by the next president. So hopefully that'll be the case. And
3: we get rid of this clown. So, Gonzo, we're going to keep deep diving here. Johnny, thank you for those comments. You're spot on. So what happened at the SEC is that Gensler was pushing back on settlement proposals, which, he propo- which produced tensions between the front office and the litigators trying to move cases across the finish lines. Adding to the frustration is the feeling that the agency is pushing cases with weakness, one lawyer said. I like to try cases, but I also like to win, said a former SEC official who left to enter the private practice. I was looking down the pipeline at the types of cases that the SEC is going to bring and not seeing a path toward victory on the SEC side. I hope he is talking about Ripple XRP here, but he's getting a look into some of the cases that are yet to come to fruition. Gonzo, what are some of your thoughts?
2: It's the same thing that we talk about him over and over again, right? Over-regulating, right? Um, and just punishing, like like Johnny said, he's like punishing companies. The whole point of their of their existence is supposed to be to regulate and to protect us, right? to create laws, to create regulation so that they don't stifle innovation, so that companies can get some guidance so that they don't become you know, securities if they don't wanna be securities and to give them guidance so they can continue to grow. This is just trying to crush them. It, it, to me, it seems at this point, it's just a power trip, right? And the fact that you have that other attorneys that are leaving, whether it's because they don't wanna do the work or they see that they're gonna lose or maybe it's even a moral thing, right? Seeing that, hey, this guy's out of control, and I'd rather just separate from them and go do something different because I don't I don't follow that moral compass uh, but it just it just goes to show um, that you know we're hundred percent right when we talk about him that it, it's a power grab thing or it's a power hungry thing um, and he's absolutely stifling innovation and then that is not what they're there to do. That's not what they're supposed to be doing.
3: Jackie, and what catches my attention here is that Gary Gensler always says justice delayed is justice denied. And literally in this case, he's accused of purposefully delaying a lot of these so that they can get what they want in the end. They want to put harsh punishments on these companies, get a piece of that innovation so they can profit off of it as well. We got 231 live listeners out there. Show us some love and smash that like button. We are building our billion dollar portfolios right in front of your eyes. So if you're enjoying that, show us some love, smash that like button, not twice, but three times while Jackie gives her thoughts.
5: Oh my gosh, um, um, <laughs> Ab, ask me the question again because you went off on the light thing. And I know, I got a spot there. Honestly, and then Selvin jumped in in the background and he's, he's pulled, typing in. <laughs> you pulled the <a> Jenna.
3: <laughs> no. I
5: apologize, I really do.
3: So what Whoa. I was saying here is that Gary Gensler always talks about justice delayed is justice denied and he's accused of literally purposefully delaying a lot of the resolutions on these cases what does that say to you about the SEC, and how do you feel about Ripple?
5: Yes. That, okay, okay, came back to me. Yes, you're exactly right. That's exactly what he's trying to do. Um, and we, we talk about this all the time. SEC cases, they're just buying time, buying time, buying time. We don't know exactly what for. Um, but maybe that is their hope at the end of the day, that they can push this off long enough, you know, that, um, I don't know, something – they'll have a a godsend prayer that they'll have something down the line come up and and help them out. But I really don't think it's going to happen. I think it'll go to a settlement.
3: I agree with you, Jackie. And it it gets me a little bit concerned because I think we're very far away from the finish line. But it is exciting because they are not stopping the innovation. And that's exactly what we have for you guys here. Ripple and Stellar to help launch AUDC Stablecoin for Novati Group. This is very, very interesting important for the fundamentals of cryptocurrency here. So what's happening is Ripple and Novanti have partnered to build an Aussie-based stablecoin in collaboration with Ripple fintech giant to issue on the XRPL. Stellar and Ripple together will help spread the use of AUDC on their networks after the launch of instant cross-border payments. So we have an amazing video Johnny Crypto brought to my attention. We're going to let that play and get some comments from the group. Here we go
0: recently announced two deals around your stablecoin services. Talk us through it. We've been able to announce uh, partnerships with both Stellar and Ripple, two of the major uh, cross-border blockchain networks, both based out of Silicon Valley and both with very high market capitalizations relatively. Uh, Ripple, we've done a lot of work with in the past for cross-border payments, and Stellar, we had started on a blockchain program with them a number of years ago, but now we're really bringing uh, it to life. So we're building a multi-chain stablecoin service initially on both the Ripple and Stellar chains. And in fact, what's a great thing is both Ripple and Stellar are largely funding the development work and even some of the marketing work that we do to get our stablecoin service out. So the stablecoin will be a dollar for dollar backed uh, Australian dollar stablecoin. So uh, we are a licensed company. We will be running our funds in trust accounts. And then we've got a, an Australian dollar stablecoin uh, named AUDC, uh, somewhat in line with the nomenclature of, of the US stablecoin USD.
3: So what I took from this here is that they're actually building the Australian stablecoin, an equivalent to USDC, using Ripple and XRP as well as Stellar. I know Johnny Crypto brought this to my attention, so I'm sure he's got some comments here. Johnny Crypto, expose the game for our listeners.
4: I I mean, this is big, big news. Now, you have to listen to the words he said. There's two big things he said in there. Obviously, beyond the fact that they're adopting both XRP and Ripple as the rails of their system for their, mon- for their uh, stable stablecoin. So first of all, that should get everybody excited right there. You should be super excited. Like this is exactly what Ripple was built for, right? And now they're actually being used to do that. But two keywords words he said in there was one, he said, we're partnering with Ripper, Ripple and Seller because they're the two largest companies in the world that do this, which means all the other competition out there obviously is viewed as like way below OK, so when comp- when countries are looking at wanting to maybe create the rails for their stablecoin, if you got one country, these countries are all going to work, you know, talk to each other and, and, and follow each other. And, hey, Australia did this. Let's go. Why not? Let's go do what they're doing. So they picked those things. The second thing he said that was so important to there is he said these companies are funding the development for them and the marketing for them because they have the money. So a smaller player that comes in and wants to play in this space. Not only are you already behind the curve because you're not viewed as a, uh, a top tier company in this space. He just said the two are, are, XRP and ripple or stellar XRP and uh, Stellar. Then those companies are subsidizing the development for these countries and the marketing. That is a huge hurdle for any other player to want to come into. And that makes me super bullish on believing that XRP and, and XLM will be the two main companies that start putting the stakes in the ground and becoming the rails for many, many other stable coins around the globe. And that should get everybody out there super excited. When I saw this, I was like, holy shit, this is, this is big.
3: This is big. So, Gonzo, speaking of huge news with the XRPL, we are bringing you a live announcement from Collecti. We have a huge project being built on the XRPL here. And we're going to bring that to you guys. So a massive announcement. We are excited to announce that Genesis will launch on the XRPL. Yes, you heard it here first on Good Morning Crypto. Collecti will be launching using the XRPL. Gonzo, I know you got so much knowledge about the NFT space. Maybe you can fill us in on why they would choose to use the XRPL as opposed to Ethereum.
2: Yeah, so this has been the hardest thing to hold on to, right? Because we're all part of the team. And, you know, every time we did a Twitter Spaces, it's like, oh man, don't say anything, don't say anything. Because, you know, we wanted to do it on six, nine right? 6,009 drop the zeros for the amount of uh, NFTs that are going to be minted. But it's huge, right? Um, you know, they were going to be on the Ethereum blockchain, but they pivoted because they just saw all the potential in the XRPL, right? Uh, so basically, you know, uh, someone can talk about the fundamentals, but basically we're waiting for the XLS20D to pass, which is basically XRPL's version of a smart contract. Once that passed, you'll be able to convert the uh, XGenesis token into an NFT. But it's huge because we're so, so early with XRPL, right? And I just think this is, this is just really, really big for Collecti. And it's so awesome that they just decided to pivot and, and to go that route because they did their research.
3: Awesome, and we only have two minutes left here, but I think it'd be fitting to close it out by getting some lessons on macroeconomics from an eleven-year-old. So we got two hundred and thirty-two live <laughs> listeners out there. Show us some love and smash that like button while we all sit around and learn about inflation from a fifth grader. Here we go. What inflation
1: is? Uh, yeah, it's. I think where you have a certain amount of money and the government prints more money, so you
3: have less. Oh my god! <laughs> This guy's brilliant. I already reached out to him. We're going to try to bring him on Good Morning Crypto because we want to bring you guys the most powerful minds in the space. And that's why I reached out to this individual right here. We're going to close this thing out the same way we always do. I want to say thank you to Gonzo. Thank you to Jackie. Thank you to the Node Defender. And of course, thank you to Johnny Crypto. Another amazing episode today. 239 live listeners. Show us some love and smash that like button. We are billionaires being built in the bear market. You're bearing witness. So show us some love. Smash that like button. And like we always say, Warriors rise. rise. Get your shit together, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey. Let's go. go. Can we get that kid to train yelling?